Hi everyone and welcome to the Virtual Entrepreneur. The title of today's episode is Tips for Every Entrepreneur Paralyzed with Fear, an interview with David Miller. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. I am your host, Herbert Innocent, and today I am talking with the protecting business assets expert, David Miller about protecting your business assets mistakes that stops most entrepreneurs dead in their tracks really before they ever get started. Welcome, David Miller. Thank you for having me on. Excited to be here. Perfect. Thank you. So David Miller is a well-known expert in the subject area of protecting your business assets and has graciously consented to the interview to share his extensive knowledge and experience to help us avoid the most damaging mistakes in the area so every entrepreneur can understand how to build value into your business. David Miller, thank you again for joining us on this live interview. Let's jump right in. So my first set of questions are going to be about your background and experience in the fields of protecting business assets so the entrepreneurs in our audience can understand who you are, where you're coming from, and how to relate to where they are, how you can relate to where they are right now. And then we're going to jump right into the specific uh, mistakes when it comes to protecting your business assets so that our audience can understand how to avoid the troubles uh, that stops so many people in this adventure of building an online business. So my first question is, could you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of background, education and experience in protecting business assets? Yeah, and that's, you know, the shortest questions always get the longest answers. So I'll, I'll try and keep it a bit shorter, but um, educational wise. So I, I got uh, four degrees, which my wife always says is three degrees too many, um, which is so I got a electrical undergraduate. I got a uh, bachelor's in electrical engineering as well as Mandarin Chinese. And then after that, I went and got a dual degree, uh, a law degree, as well as an MBA degree, a master's of business administration. So I kind of came out with education, having the, the four degrees. Um, and then within that, you know, and as where I went, mentioned my wife, as a side note, I am also uh, married for 14 years to college sweetheart, um, father of four, ages uh, five to 10. So my oldest is a son, and then they got three girls right behind him. So make all of that makes it exciting. Now back to a little bit of education. So I've done, um, been a, an attorney for about nine or nine years or so. I've done a, a Folks a lot on intellectual property, so patents, trademarks, copyrights, and other things. I work for some of the top uh, firms in the nation. And then about three years ago, I really decided I wanted to focus on startups, small businesses. And so I started my own firm, Miller IT Law, um, where we focus on helping startups and small businesses with their intellectual property. So with that, um, now he said, and then kind of in addition to that, and then I'll, I'll take a breather or take a break. Um, you know, I've always kind of loved the law side and that's where I started my own law firm. I've also done several startups and small businesses. So I started my first startup um, in when I was in MBA school, um, did it with some other people, bought them out and since that since evolved, that's now grown into a nine figure business. Um, I've also done some other businesses that are um, everything with a small business or family business to ones that are getting ready to launch this year. So I always kind of love the entrepreneur startup side, done several myself and continue to be involved. And then I also do a lot of the, the law firm side and the legal side as well. So between that, everything keeps me pretty busy. 
Oh, that sounds exciting. Well, it's obvious that you're the right experts for us when it comes to protecting business because I can see that you've actually built your own and you've brought them up to scale, which is what a lot of us uh, and and a lot of the audience in the entrepreneurs are really aspiring to do. So that's a really good uh, first start for us. So we understand, you, you'll understand the language that's going on in our heads when it comes to, you know, taking it there wherever we want to take our business. So the, let, let's dive into the mistakes that are getting so that we can get those cleared up for the people in the audience. And my first question on the mistake is, what's the number one mistake that entrepreneur ma- that entrepreneurs make when, pro- when in the area of trying to protect their business assets? Yeah, I mean, almost across the board, you know, because this is a short answer you know, or a short setup to that answer, which is just as a kind of a, a, as a reminder, um, intellectual property includes kind of three things patents which are for invention trademarks which are for branding and copyrights which are more for anything that's more on the creative side now across all three of those it's really about the same answer which is most of the time they tend to push it off push it down the road think i'll get there someday or i'll wait till you know wait till we're a little bit bigger have a bit more money to your income which i definitely understand in the sense that every startup almost no matter who you are you always have more things to spend money on than money to spend and so with that you're always trying to figure out where to triage where to spend the money and where to hold off but the problem is oftentimes when you hold off as an example with a patent well patents you know they have a fairly short window within which you can pursue them so if you think of a patent application once you put it something out in the public so you give it you know you do a website you do a seminar you do a, a you know a pitch session you put it on um, you know do a, a presentation Anytime you put out in the public or you start selling it, you have a year from the earliest date you put out in the public within which to file a patent application. If you don't, you just simply donate it to the public. Anybody can do it and you don't have any recourse to keep that um, anything proprietary to you. Trademarks are similar, copyrights are, are, are somewhat similar as well. And so the biggest thing is almost across the board, probably the biggest one, number one mistake is they are startups or small businesses or businesses in general wait too long to at least strategize and figure out what they need or when they need it and so that they can build that into their plan okay okay and so what i suppose my my follow-up question would that be is that uh obviously it makes sense for them to do those things early uh from what you're saying that's what i'm taking and what what i'm trying to follow up is this is is there a process through which they can fix up this you know keep track of these and fix them uh so how because i think for most um entrepreneur if i'm try to take myself as an example or some of the entrepreneurs that i've seen is that you sometimes don't know exactly how much you need to protect um or sometimes you see something like copywriting and you don't think of it as being that important uh if that makes sense so i'm trying to ask you how they go about fixing it if you were to give them maybe something that they could keep in mind or remember. Yeah, I mean, fixing it almost in my mind implies, you know, that they, they, they have a problem that they've already missed. And so I'll answer that if you have to fix it. But what I would say is to anticipate it or to strategize or to plan for it is probably the better approach. And that sense, you know, generally when you're doing a startup, when you're starting a business, I would step back one, one step and say, what is the quarter of business? What is the focus? What makes us different? What gives us our competitive edge? And that can be everything from, hey, we create the world's best widgets, the best products, the best service, or, you know, the best whatever. 
and that's what we sell. And in that case, you can say, okay, that's the core of our business. That's what we need to protect. And now let's go about or figuring out how to protect that. Same thing. Let's say, oh, well, well, we don't really do any widgets. We don't really sell anything, but we provide really good service. We do good customer service, or we do really good sales or marketing, or we do, and you know, what you're really doing is building a great brand. And so that's what we need to but let's say you're writing you're writing the next book. You're writing the next Harry Potter or Tom Clancy or Lord of the Rings or pick whatever book you like. And so you're gonna say, hey, you know, what we really need to protect is this thing that we've spent a whole bunch of time creating and putting all that creative work into it. So before you get to the point of where you need to fix something, I would step back and say, what is a core to our business? What really gives us that competitive edge? And then make sure, let's make sure that gets protected first. And then you can build out from that core. Now, if you get to the point of you do need to fix something, you miss a window, then it's really going to be going to the attorney because that's almost going to be a specific enough of what have you messed up? What did you not do when you were supposed to do it? And is there, you know, is there an avenue to prepare, to fix it? If so, let's explore that avenue. Sometimes there isn't a good avenue and you have to figure out how to pivot or navigate based on, hey, we don't have a good avenue to fix it. So let's see what we can do moving forward. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a strategy is always a good way to go. You know, you need to have a plan. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, my next question is, what is the one of the most, so what would be the one mistake that most causes entrepreneurs to completely fail when it comes to wanting to protect, you know, their business assets? Yeah, I mean, probably the number one mistake, and I, I kind of hit on it already, which is on the, if you were to go to the patent side, um, it's going to be that you do that public disclosure that you let the public know that, you know, here's my, and it's exciting. You build an invention and say, oh, I want to shout it to the world. I want to let everybody know. I want to get start selling. I want to start getting it out there. I want to get revenue. Definitely should do all the above, but you don't, you know, but you miss that one year. So you, you know, because what I'll have a lot of times happen is I'll have somebody come into my office and say, I've got this great invention and we is, you know, it's earth changing. We're doing great in sales. It's been going great. We've been in the marketplace a couple of years and we finally have the bandwidth or the time or the money to now go about protecting it. And then it's that uncomfortable or less than fun conversation of saying, well, that's great. You have a good business. I'm glad you have a good sales. However, we're not going to be able to protect you because it's already been out in the marketplace for more than a year. It's already been out in the public for a year. And so you're not able to get any protection. So that's probably the biggest mistake on the patent side is just not knowing about that one year time frame, going or building a business, waiting until you are, are too far down the road and then having limited or no recourse protected. On the trademark side, it's kind of the same thing. And it's a little bit different in the sense, a lot of times what happens with startup or small businesses, you start with the, the name of a company or a name of a product, you start to build it, you start to you know, grow it. You say, oh, you know, right now it's a pretty small business. We don't really need to worry about the brand. Nobody knows about us. And then you build it for a few years. You start to get traction. You start to build a, a reputation and a brand. And then, you know, three or four years down the road, you go and say, okay, we should probably get this trade. We should probably get it going. And you come into attorney and then we say, okay, you know, well, why don't we see what else is out there? Anybody else trademarked it? No, anybody that's trademarked before. Come to find out somebody that already owns that brand, already owns that before you, or they filed on it before you did. And now you've got a problem where somebody else owns your brand and you either have to stop using it and rebrand or try and go get a license from them or get a deal or acquire them, which are all going to be expensive. So in both sense, it's really that patents is you disclose it too early and don't know about it and trademarks, you don't do your research, you build a brand, and then you're having to try and figure out how to navigate that when somebody else owns your brand. Uh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So 
I'm going to move on to the next question, which is going to try and maybe try and encompass all this together. My, my next question is, what is, I suppose, you're protecting business as a mistake that entrepreneurs would think they're doing, uh, you know, they're doing the right thing in their mind, uh, but actually what they're doing is a mistake and they don't really realize that. Now, I think you may have covered that, but I'm supposed I'm trying to extract, are there any more that we are sure. not looking at? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely makes sense. And one, and we covered one pretty good one, but one of the other things is oftentimes they try and, you know, DIY do it yourself. And especially in the days of Google and YouTube and other, everything's online, you know, everybody thinks that they're an expert and I'm, I'm not knocking that. And I get, you know, that there's a lot of things you can learn online, a lot of things you can do. But the problem is oftentimes when you when you get into the legal side with intellectual property, there's a lot more nuances, a lot more complex. And so you'll get people that, oh, I can go online, I can figure that out, I can get it done and they'll do it themselves. And then they'll it'll give them, they won't do it right, they won't understand what they don't know kind of a thing. And so then they'll, they'll file that and they'll get a false sense of security. They'll think that they're covered only to come to find out that they don't have their protection of that where that they thought they had and so it creates a lot of trickle down effects where you may not know about it for a year or two down the road and then when you uh, come to find out hey i thought we had a trademark no we don't have a trademark oh i thought we had this protection. no we don't have protection. or we didn't do it how we want we don't have the protection we thought and so a lot of times with the diy culture there is a time and a place for it and definitely do your homework figure out what you need do your research don't just rely on an attorney to tell you everything but there's also a point where you can only do a DIY so far and then you do need to engage someone that can make sure that you don't have that false sense of security, but you actually have the protection that you think you have or that you need. Okay, I see. So I think uh, from, and I'm thinking this is a follow-up question, but from what I'm getting from you, it's the idea that there are some aspects of, you know, protecting business, that the DIY approach is just not the best. And I think for entrepreneurs, that's really, it seems like that's the the simplest go-to place because we are in the entrepreneurial business to do it all ourselves. <laughs> no, and I, and I get, it. and I'm probably the same way in the sense that you know, as an entrepreneur, you think, oh, you know, I almost think inevitably most entrepreneurs think they're the smartest people in the room. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be that. You wouldn't be doing your, your business. You wouldn't be doing your startup for that because you're thinking, oh, that person can do a lot better. Let, let's let them do it. And so you always kind of think, well, you know, I can figure this out. I can do it. I'm smart. I'm creative and definitely you are or you would be doing a startup but it doesn't mean you know everything it doesn't mean you have all the skills and the expertise in every given area i mean i've yet to meet someone that knows everything about taxes that knows everything about hiring and firing that knows everything about bookkeeping that knows everything about legal that knows everything about manufacturing product development sales you know office space running a business building something and so there's areas where you definitely should be the expert you should know everything you should be the person that's running things and then for those areas that you don't know that you don't have the expertise then don't be afraid as an entrepreneur to reach out and get the or, or work with someone or get a you know consultation or work or, or get help from someone else that is expertise in that area because it's going to make your business a lot better so you do have to step back a bit and say i don't know everything where can i add the most value where can i add the most expertise and who can i bring on to fill in the gaps for the areas that i don't know as well yeah i think that makes sense i think uh and in one of our previous episodes we had talked a little bit on the idea of you know sometimes you need to know who 
has what you need instead of trying to go and learn how to do it. So what you're saying there really, really resonates and makes sense in terms of, uh, yes, sometimes you don't have the expertise and that is why there are people who have specialized in certain fields. So thank you for covering and, and bringing that up in together. And I think one of the things I wanted to ask you here, which is a little bit off script, which is, uh, would you turn, let's say, from your perspective, would you have an approach, let's say like a checklist or a system for checking that everything in your business is protected or is it something that you're just going to be learning as you go along? So when you were building your own business, did you have a checklist or something that you had and what was on it? Um, I think that there are some fundamental things that are on the checklist and then every business is different in a sense. There's a lot of things every business needs, but you don't necessarily always have the time. You don't always have the money. You don't always have the resources. And so, you know, some businesses you have to triage more, you have to order priority and others you have to do. So, you know, generally we hit on one that is, I would first figure out what's important in my business. And so the businesses I've run as an example, one of them has been a very strong product product company. And it was actually when I was the one that I mentioned, that's now the, the nine figure business. Well, that one was really heavy in technology. It was the wearables and it was before wearables were cool before you had the Apple watch or Fitbit or other things. That was what that company started out as. And so that was very heavy into to patents and intellectual patents because really that was what the core of what we were building and so when i went through the checklist that was saying hey we're not really we're not at the phase we're building a brand yet we're not at the phase we're doing anything creative but we really need to if we're going to put all this time money and effort into creating something we need to do a patent um, on the other hand i built another business that is really nothing innovative and breakthrough but i think it's a really cool idea has a good brand behind it it kind of is a bit of a different twist on something and so we're building a brand around it so the checklist usually is find out what that core is, which is, is it a widget, is it a, is it a product, is it a service, and then build that. And then usually I would say, you know, most businesses, you're going to always need it. You're going to build a brand. You're going to do anything of any size. It may not be the first thing. Products may be the first thing. Inventions maybe, but you're always going to want to look at the brand, look and say, okay, I want to get a, a trademark on it. I want to get it probably for the name of the company or for the name of the product. Um, and then I'll look and see if we have anything that's creative, inventive, that's an invention, then I'm going to get it, you know, get protection on the patent side. But honestly, even before that, the step that I'd give that is related to intellectual property, but it's more on the business side, is I would form a business around it. I would do an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, or first. And the reason being is when you, if you were to start a business and you don't have that, you, anybody that wants to come on, if you ever get sued, if anybody ever says you infringe any of their intellectual property, you have, you know, any of the customers that are mad that, you know, product liability or that they think they should get a refund or you were fraudulent, anything else. If you don't have a business, you don't have an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, they can come after your personal assets. They can come after your home. They can come after your life savings. They can come after your cars or anything else. So checklist one, I would form a business. Get an LLC is the simplest one if you're a startup or a small business. If you want to get more complex, you can do an S Corp or C. Second thing is, I'd also probably as you're figuring out that your business, I'll get a URL for it. It's simple, it's easy. Figure out what URL you're going to want to get because what you don't want to do is build a big brand. Somebody else already owns that. Somebody else already has a URL. You're not able to, to get a website for it. So after I get the LLC or the business form, I get the URL, then I'd probably look and seeing if the brand we're going to build is available. And if so, then you can go about getting a trademark and then also build on the, for the patent side. If you have those kind of that invention, you're building a widget, you're building. So it's a bit different from each, but those are the first things that have usually walked, come through, through my mind as I'm looking to set up a business or get something going. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, I suppose, a question. Have you ever, you know, made uh, an, an, a mistake as an entrepreneur in terms of protecting your business asset? And how did you fix it or how did you recover from that? Have you ever? Me personally, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm far from perfect. So don't take that as the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know on the intellectual property side, I, I tend to keep or anticipate that pretty well. Or, you know, it's probably one because that's what I think about and do a, a lot of day in and day out. So I haven't, um, you know, the probably the one that I'm trying to think of that, you know, I've had some other clients that, again, we mentioned them. The, the biggest one is that, you know, we've had some clients that will come in and they find out somebody else owns their brand. And so that's a mistake that I've, I've dealt with a, a few clients without getting into their specifics of their, their details of their story. And so we had to then go about and, you know, one, we were able to rebrand and re and re-engage and pivot. It was early enough on in the business that it wasn't too costly and too expensive. And another one, they basically went to the person that owned that brand and they made a deal with them such that they were both able to coexist, use the same brand in different areas and different avenues and both would do that. So I don't know that I can, and again, I'm not far from perfect, but I can't think of any mistakes that I've made at least as of yet on that front of the intellectual property, but that's one where for a few clients I have um, had to come in, they've made those mistakes. They didn't know the brand that they thought they did and we had to go about fixing it. Okay, okay. and. Uh... I have a question here, which is, so is that, I suppose my question is, what are the things that entrepreneurs are most likely to overpay for? And how do you say they can avoid uh, having their money, you know, sucked out of their pockets in terms of this area, you know, of uh, building and protecting your business assets? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a couple. One is, you know, the... The funniest thing is, is that you'll get clients that come in and they'll say, I got this great idea, or starting this great business, here's the idea, and they'll pitch it. And it's like, it sounds really familiar. Have you done, you know, have you looked it up? Have you Googled it? Have you seen anybody else done it? Oh, and I'm sure nobody else has. I've never heard of it. We take five minutes, we look it up, and somebody else is already doing it. And so, so in that sense, sometimes, you, you know, doing your homework is one where that is oftentimes beneficial that you can save money. I would do your homework up front, see what, you know, what else is out there, what's already being done. Kind of before you ever engage in an attorney or before you really get to building a business in that see what give your if somebody else is already doing it and if so what would make you different on the other point or on the other side um you know kind of what the other thing to think about is you know so when you when once you've kind of gone through that and seen what is there that you've done your own homework there's a lot of different attorneys out there that are you know pretty big spectrum from what they cost everything from the top firms that I used to work with was charged absolutely top dollar to the cut rate uh, cut rate law firms that really just don't do a very good job they're doing it as quickly and as cheaply as possible and so a lot of times when you're over you can either underpay or overpay based on you know if you go to the top law firms versus the low lower tier law firms top law firms oftentimes they really don't add that much value you're really paying a lot as to stamp your name on the on your, you know, as a attorney that represents you, you're paying for a lot of their reputation, not necessarily for quality. You can also underpay when you go there, when you go and you know, hire someone that really doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't have the expertise, and doesn't give you good product. So as far as when you're underpaying or overpaying, my best advice is, is one, meet with them, sit down with them, understand what they're, you know, what they are, 
because most of the time, if you if, if you're having a hard time understanding, grasping what they're saying, understanding why you're doing things, what you're doing, that's a bad sign on both ends. And it means either the attorney that you're sitting down with doesn't have the time, he's going to charge your whole bunch, and he's never going to explain it. And you're going to end up overpaying because you're getting things that you don't need, or you're underpaying because the attorney is trying to do it as quickly as possible and doesn't want want to take the time to explain it to you because they don't have that built into their very low budget. So best thing is, is to avoid underpaying or overpaying with when you're hiring an attorney or law firm, take 15, 20 minutes, sit down with them, understand what you're doing, understand why you're doing it, make sure you feel comfortable about it. And that's going to be the best way to under, avoid over or underpaying with any, or with any legal services. Okay. That makes a lot of sense actually. Um, but I think it, it, it's something that it's like doing your homework. And uh, in this case, really getting to know the person you're working with, because it's really is a relationship, isn't it? It's a, you know, they're protecting your business and it's going to be for the long run, usually, because you may end up going back again. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you here, is there anything that I haven't asked you about protecting business assets mistake that many entrepreneurs tend to, uh, to make and that you would like to share with us today? So maybe in terms yeah. about mindsets, preparation, or hidden opportunities? Yeah, I mean, we, we've hit on a lot. I mean, one is, you know, make sure you, you plan early, make sure you know when your deadlines are, um, make sure that you have your budget set aside so that you know when or when you're ready to get going that you actually don't get halfway through and have to stop. And then beyond that, you know, once you get all of that, um, you know, have that strategy and have that plan and then have an attorney that you can feel like you're comfortable with talking with because that you know what one of the things we do and i'm not the only one is that we have you know free i don't charge for questions if a client calls up and has a few minute question i'm not going to charge for it i just want to make sure they're taken care of so that's one of the other things is make sure that you're not afraid to ask questions and you're not so worried about the budget of how much it's going to cost that you never actually get your questions answered if you hit on all of those really you're going to avoid most of the mistakes most of the issues that most companies are going to be having and you're going to be so far ahead um those are really the, the main things that i would hit on okay that is awesome that is awesome thank you so much david miller for the great interview i am sure all the entrepreneurs and our audiences have had a much clear understanding of the heat of the mistakes with protecting their business assets and how to avoid them so thank you very much for sharing your experience and expertise so kindly and can you tell us a little bit more about the miller law ip at miller law ipl.com specifically yeah, so. <laughs> <And what's laughs> i made a little mistake didn't i <laughs> That's all right. No, no worries. Lawwithmiller.com. That's an easy way to find out about us. But, you know, I'd give, if, if people want to reach out to us, there's really kind of two ways. Um, if they want to find out more just generally about the firm, about, you know, kind of what our prices are, what we focus on, what we services we offer, how we help. And also we have a ton of learning resources so they can just come and get familiar with it. They can just go to lawwithmiller.com. And that that's our main website, makes it easy. Our firm name is Miller IP Law. Lawwithmiller.com is an easy way to get there. The other thing that if they now if they have specific questions, if they want to say, okay, yeah, I've, I've gone to your website, or hey, I got a specific question, I want to strategize with you a bit, I want to have a one-on-one -on -one consultation. We offer an initial 15-minute free strategy meeting where we sit down, kind of go or talk a little bit about what we have going on, things to consider, you know, timelines, deadlines, budgets, and everything else. If they want to grab some time to do that, they can go to strategymeeting.com. 
So that's another way that links right to my calendar. They can grab a day and time that works for them. They're welcome to come in the office. They're welcome to do it via Zoom meeting or a phone call, whichever way works for them, but it's an easy way to do that. So two ways are is uh, go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with me to chat. If you want to just learn more about the law firm in general, go to lawwithmiller.com. So yeah, that actually, thank you for covering that because I had a question there and uh, somewhere along the line, pronouncing the names are just, uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I would be, and I think I would encourage the entrepreneurs to go there, especially if they want, you know, to really know how to build the values into their business assets, because I understand from the entrepreneur, from the entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial perspective, uh, the importance that comes uh, with building that value from early on, uh, especially when you're looking for investors later on, it really makes a huge difference. So thank you for really explaining that. And so thank you again for sharing that with us. And thank you to the virtual entrepreneurs in the audience for joining us on this amazing presentation about the mistakes surrounding protecting your business assets and the real truth about how to avoid those mistakes and really get better results instead. So again, I am your host, Herbert Innocent, and thank you for joining us on this episode of The Virtual Entrepreneur. And I would like to check out Miller's websites. <laughs> I, rec I recommend you rewind and listen to them. I think there's strategize.com and I think there's Miller with IPLaw.com, right? Always. I'm going to put them oh, on the Miller.com. I'm going to put all these details in the description <laughs> with, your, with your profile. So they're going to go check them out at herbertmarketinghelp.com forward slash guest. You're going to see Miller's profile down there. And you're also going to see how to get more information, uh, especially in terms of how to get in touch with him so that you can, you can have access to all these great resources so that you can keep your business safe and build those values because they do count on later on. And so I'd like to invite you to check out more details uh, about Miller today at my at herbertmarketinghelp.com forward slash uh, guests. And then that way you get more of this information. Aside from that, uh, what I'm thinking you know, you're going to be really getting there is just to recap is that you're going to be learning about how to protect your business assets, how to essentially be able to look at uh, trademarks, patents and copyrights, because all those really encompasses the area of protecting your business online and offline. So thank you for thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you on our next episode of the virtual entrepreneur.